1: Key, this old engine roars.
0: Roll down my windows. None lock on my doors. Crank up my stereo with a goodbye soon. Yeah, I'm putting our love in my review. I'm putting our love in my review. It must be the open road.
1: Some wind in my head it makes a man forget them just
0: not care with no destination and nothing Goodbye, Phil
1: I'm a my so we're here with Preston Creed, talk about Rearview. Hey Doug, yeah man, Rearview, that was our uh, highest charting single so far. We've had three singles on the national charts, you know, country radio, and uh, for a band from Utah, that's that's a big deal. You know, putting some country on the map. The the album is called Blacktop, but that was the uh, the single from earlier in the year. It peaked out all the way at number 26, and it was produced by uh, Matt McClure and co-produced by a guy named Jeff King. Matt McClure is out of Nashville. He did the, the whole record. He did. Lee Bryce's stuff, uh, his, his bigger stuff, uh, initially three of his number ones. He did a number one with Dylan Scott and another number one for a guy out of Canada. So he's just got a great pedigree, works with all kinds of amazing people. And then Jeff King is uh, kind of the session leader and, uh, you know, kind of co-producer. And Jeff King is Reba's and Brooks and Dunn's guitar player and session player, you know, one of the best session players around in Nashville. So. So uh, it was a great, great experience. Um, We recorded the full album in two different blocks, and when we recorded Rearview, we worked at uh, Ocean Way, which is a super world-famous studio in Nashville. Uh, It was, I mean, everywhere you go, from the bathrooms to the kitchen, there's platinum records hanging everywhere from albums that we all listen to that have been recorded there, so. It was an awesome experience. It was super humbling. There's three studios in that place. It's actually an old church that was converted years and decades ago to a studio. And it's got an awesome energy. You know, from the songwriting standpoint, yeah, I'm writing all the time. And we, it's kind of crazy. People, a lot of people don't know, but you send tons of songs. So I sent him probably. 20 songs. And, you know, in that first round, we did four. So you're trying to pick the very best from what you've written and record that. And Rearview was the first song that we recorded in Nashville. And it happened to be the song that we were all pretty well confident, you know, was going to have a real radio friendly vibe. And uh, it did. It did well. You know, anybody can relate to it. The video was cool. What the director did with it, he uh, used a girl as kind of the the star of the video and then you know there's different shots that cut to us playing kind of out in the middle of nowhere and it can go either way you know it's not a song that's saying guy or girl it's basically somebody just moving on and I had the idea for the song you know drive down the road and when you kind of catch your own eyes in the rear view and everything that's behind you It's a breakup song, but it's also super hopeful. You know, like the last line of, you know, turn the key, this engine roars, roll down the window and unlock all my doors. So it's, you're opening yourself up to the possibility of what the future brings as you put everything else behind you. So it's kind of the inspiration for the song. And there's some fun lyrics in there, you know, things like, Uh, There's a line in the bridge about, you know, shaking the shadows of shame for a newfound truth. You know, just fun, little, super hopeful, uh, kind of forward-thinking lyrics in the song. And, And a lot of people resonated with it. Had a lot of people, you know, say, oh, this is my song. You know, very close friends of the band and fans, people that were going through a difficult time. You know when the song was released and it was kind of just became a lot of people's little theme song for that moment in their life so it did really well and we were super proud of the way it came out and you know today it's been our highest charting single so yeah was there any one individual or was it a composite of people or even just your imagination that was in your rear view yeah it's you know for a lot of times when you're a songwriter and, and i remember I've told this story a couple times, but I, I went to a songwriting conference with a guy named Steve Seskin who, in the '90s and early 2000s, he's got about seven number ones. He's a he's from San Francisco, but he's actually a country songwriter, Nashville guy. He's written for Toby Keith and Faith Hill and Tim McGraw and a bunch of people. And you know, when I was sitting there with him, and, and you know, he said, you know. When you're a songwriter, you're a fiction and a nonfiction writer. So if you if you never wrote about things that you didn't personally experience, you'd probably be disingenuous. And if you only wrote about things that you personally experienced, you'd probably be kind of one dimensional. You know, so you have to kind of be a satellite dish for ideas and not every song that you write is gonna be something that you, I mean, we've all gone through breakups, but if you're a songwriter, sometimes you just have to be able to, you know, I imagine it's it's a lot like acting. You put yourself in the moment or you put yourself in the shoes of somebody that's experiencing that. Not necessarily saying that you're going through that right now, but you have to be able to kind of put yourself there and what would this person be going through? You know, sometimes some of the songs I write are stories that friends tell me, or you know, I'm sitting on a train or, or, you know, sitting at uh, breakfast when you're on the road and you hear somebody over here, somebody telling a story and you're like, wow, that's an idea. I mean, I'm constantly putting stuff in my phone of one liners or ideas or stuff that people say. And then, you know, some stuff is yours. You know, some stuff is you, you put yourself. In that moment, you know, I've had songs that I've recorded now that I had the idea, you know, of a feeling that I experienced when I was a teenager or something, you know. So, so that's kind of where it goes. This particular song wasn't anything that I was experiencing at that moment, other than you know driving down the road and looking at yourself in the rear view and thinking about everything that's behind you. And it was a beautiful day. And then I went home. I had the idea for a chorus. I, I write a lot while I'm driving, and not not actually write it, but I'll hit record on a voice memo, you know, and get an idea for a melody. And then I'll go home and grab my guitar or sit at the piano and kind of start functioning it out there. So so that's what this song, you know, that's, that's where this one came from. So. so how'd you find or pick your producers for this song? For this song, so yeah, so it was uh, Matt. We met Matt through, um, you know, our, our fourth album we produced in Utah. And we had a song, we had two songs that were on the charts uh, from that. We were working with a radio promotion company called uh, Grassroots out of Nashville. And Matt happens to be married to a a gal that works kind of hand in hand with them. And, you know, our first couple singles that we released that made some noise did great. And we thought, hey, you know, there's something that happens in Nashville. There's definitely, the, I mean, they have the market kind of cornered when it comes to the, the country sound and and the, the people that they work with. So she introduced us to her husband through our management. And then it's kind of, you know, he listened to the stuff. He doesn't just work with anybody, you know, cause he's got to put his name on it and everything too. But he really liked the sound. He liked, you know, the way things were going, and you know he was perceptive oh, to the idea of working together. So we just scheduled it up, and you know we started going back and forth with songs that we had ideas for, and made it happen. So that's how it works. So there's a lot of instrumentation on this. Yeah. And so there must have been a lot of arrangements going on. So to, to talk about that? Absolutely. So, Jaegertown consists of five people. So there's myself. I play acoustic guitar, sing there's Liz, she plays violin, she sings, there's, uh, or fiddle, whatever you want to say, uh, and then there's, uh, you know, we've lead guitar, uh, Sky plays lead, and Jesse plays bass and sings, and then Dimitri plays drums, we call them meter. So we're a five-piece, but, you know, you can also hear other things happening in that song, you know, there's, there's some lap steel, you know, a little bit of other production stuff that happens post-production, you know, a few instruments that maybe we don't Play ourselves in the band, so um, you know when you go and you record, you get the basic meat of the song, you know, uh, drums, bass, guitar, vocals, kind of stuff, and then post-production-wise, when you leave, you know, then they bring in other musicians and kind of put the salt and pepper on the top, and and a little bit of things that maybe you know, would just kind of bring the song to life a little bit more. So that's kind of how that goes. And, and Matt has a, a stable of, you know, some of the best players in Nashville. So you want the best lap steel guy, and you get him, and he, you know, puts a little flavor on there for you, some piano, so on and so forth. So that's that's kind of how that goes. There's a lot of, a lot of things that happen post-production when you leave. You know, I mean, literally, we... We'll record for you know a week or two and then we'll leave and we won't even hear the songs for a month, two months, you know, a month. It, it, it takes a lot of time to go through the post-production process and then the mixing and mastering to hear the final product. So So you've been performing this live now for a while. Yeah. Do you find that it the song has evolved live or what's uh, um, happened in front of the audience? How's been the real? You know, usually for us too, like we perform songs before we Record them. So they do kind of take on a life. But, and then once it gets recorded, I mean, especially once it goes to radio, if, if you kind of have it down. So I've definitely watched, you know, the song hasn't changed per se, but I've watched, you know, as it grew in popularity and stuff, you know, you, there's nothing quite like when you're on stage and you're in a new town or, you know, even in your hometown and, and people are singing, singing every word. And that's just a testament to people listening. You know, I think if you memorize every lyric and you're singing, well, that means you've heard it a few times and you really like it. So the song hasn't changed from when we recorded it it's definitely still the same song but just the response and then how it grew you know for the audience is awesome it's one of my favorites thanks
0: man thank you you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need Viator